It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And we are back for another week of Chocolate Chip Cookie Month. I hope that this continues through the month of September, October, and November because I love chocolate chip cookies. I was just going to say, I, I have more and more ideas. I guess we'll just have to file them away for a future chocolate chip cookie month. Hopefully we'll be here in another year. Oh, gosh. What would cause us not to be, Chris? I don't know. We, we might be sued by some... <laughs> organization or uh, or we may form our own uh gluten-free bakery and cookie uh, lab comes in peace no one should sue us if you guys have a problem come talk to us that's what, right what what could be, be what could go wrong or don't listen <laughs> no everyone should listen and oh. eat and bake and eat Yes, exactly. And uh, all of our recipes, as you know, Jill, happen to be gluten-free. And really, all we do generally is just substitute one-to-one flour. You know, the gluten-free one-to-one flour. And we will tell you if ever there is a failure doing that. Yep, and I'd like to say I did it again this week. And not only was it not a failure, the results are delicious. And I can't wait to share this cookie with you. It was such an adventure, I hear. Was it? (laughs) Making the cookie. You mean because my oven is wonky? Yeah. And still, it it turned out looking like it should, probably. Yeah. I don't know if we have enough uh, dollars in the Cookie Lab bank account to get my oven looked at, but gosh, it seems to conk out at the most inopportune times, like this week when I was making chocolate chip crunch bars from yeah a recipe from my childhood chocolate chip crunch bars so not not like a blondie no it's like a blondie that a steamroller went over and compacted it is a very flat hard crunchy cookie and it tastes just as good as i remember i have the recipe in the recipe box that my mom put together for me when I became married lady and she had friends and family write recipes in their handwriting. So I have this wonderful collection and included among it is chocolate chip crunch bars. And I couldn't wait to make them and eat them. And I was not disappointed. And I hope you're going to like them as much as I do. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm going to like them because I have not met a chocolate chip cookie or something with chocolate chips that I did not like. Right. And so this one's a little different than a chocolate chip cookie that... We have made before because it doesn't have any eggs. Okay, that's surprising. It does have very finely chopped nuts on top of it, which perhaps due to their surface area, they do kind of take over the flavor in a wonderful way. Okay, and uh, you graciously put on chopped pecans, I believe. Yes, I heard you. So the recipe calls for walnuts, and that's how I have always eaten it. I did hear you say that you prefer pecans in a previous episode, and... I mean, not that I'm like just a slave to your palate, but when I went to bake, I opened my cabinet and there were there finely I had chopped pe- strategically placed. <laughs> finely- <laughs> We've replaced Jill's walnuts with pecans. Let's see if she notices. No, I had I had ground them up. Do you remember when I made um, snowballs? I think what did we call the Mexican wedding cakes? Yeah. And so I so I had done that in my food processor, and I had enough left over to put them on these chocolate chip crunch bars. And what you do is. You mix up the dough and then you press it 
very thin, hard, pressed out as much as you can into a cookie sheet. How do you get a dough if you don't have any eggs? I don't know. It was. It's got a whole cup of butter. Oh, okay. So that's that's all your your moisture and and fat that you're gonna have. So it's got butter. It's got nuts. Vanilla. Yep. Salt. Sugar. Flour, which in this case was a Bob's Red Mill GF flour. And uh, the same Nestle chocolate morsels I put in the Toll House cookies a few weeks back. No brown sugar? No! It's so weird. So it's, yeah, wow. I don't know if we can even call this a chocolate chip cookie. It's certainly not, well, it's name... certainly not a Toll House cookie. No, it's a chocolate chip crunch bar. Yeah, all right. Not to be confused with a Toll House cookie. So don't expect that. It's nothing like a Toll House cookie. I'm telling myself. It's not myself. round. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It just it's not, happens it to have chocolate chips in, in it. So it does yes. fit chocolate chip cookie month. Correct. But it's a bar that's been flattened. It's a bar. And Which the more the more I thought about it, the weirder that word seemed to me. Like it's a square. Why is it called a bar? So bar cookies, you bake on a tray. Yeah. You take them out. While they're still warm, maybe, at least in the case of this recipe, you cut it into squares and I left it to cool in the pan on a wooden board per the recipe. And I did a little tiny bit of research on bar cookies. And uh, it turns out that, you know, I'm sure you know lemon squares. That's a great dessert, by the way. I do love lemon squares. Maybe we'll make a lemon square someday. We should. Yeah. So, it's got like um, a lemon curd. Yeah, it's like a right? shortbread base. And uh, um, yeah, and a shortbread base. And... So that's that's an example of a of a bar. I don't know if you'd call it a bar cookie. It's like a brownie, but it's lemon flavored. Anyway, I guess lemon squares have been around like for since the Renaissance. Well, the Renaissance people certainly loved their lemons. Did they now? Yes, my. How they... When I think Renaissance, okay, I think Europe. Yes. Are they growing lemons in Europe? Because when I think lemons, I think Mediterranean, like Los Angeles. Oh, Mediterranean. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, Italy probably. Yeah, the, I don't know what I'm yes. thinking. When I, yeah, lemons were around before Los Angeles. Yeah, apparently so. So Italy. Yeah, Italy. What am I thinking? They Florence, have lemoncello. The Renaissance. Yeah. The Medici. The great patrons developed their own species of lemons. Fantastic. And no one was allowed to smell them or touch them, except for the Medici family and their gardeners, uh, or they would have their noses cut off. Come on. Really That's true. It You're is. talking Middle Ages stuff, not Renaissance. And th they could only grow their lemons in terracotta pots. So they would have these lemon trees all over their renaissance garden in the lemon area and every fall they had to take them in and they had special houses built just for the lemons called chris i feel like we need to put a pause on this and save this great stuff for when we're actually eating a lemon cookie because this is a chocolate chip cookie oh oh that's true no more we, so they had lemon custard they had lemon custard right because they love their lemons and they had 
some kind of shortbread, shortbread. Like, like like a biscotti type of but situation. But I don't there's no there's no history, there's no proof that they've ever actually put those things together. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but there's no written recipe for a lemon square until like the 20th century. Right. So so bar cookies come on the scene. So the Renaissance the cookie scene. The Renaissance people are short of this invention. They're one one lemon short of a cookie bar. Yeah, just like they were one engine short of an airplane right they came so close and then it took hundreds more years and now we have now we have the bar cookie which uh came along sometime i think in the 1930s yeah but it's interesting like so in cookie lab we try to go into a a great detail in the history of these things but i like you could not find a specific person or place credited with the origin of the bar cookie they're saying maybe the a date bar was perhaps the first oh, example, yeah. but oh. there's no yeah like there's no, Tinder uh, or or uh, <laughs> <laughs> no like the fruit like, oh oh the date uh, yeah yeah so I think maybe if we if we do do a book or a you know best selling series of books that a deep dive into the origins of the bar cookie which really should just be called like the square cookie. You know what? I did find an adorable tidbit from across the pond, which is that in the UK they're called tray bakes. Oh, bake how it much in fun. a tray. Yeah. Yes. Love it. The Brits are always making such a cute turn of phrase. Yeah, like a car park. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so, are we ready to eat this tray bake treat? Sure. All right. So get your get your chompers ready, Chris. It's going to be crunchy. Okay, I'm thinking toffee. Maybe is it toffee crunchy? Oh, you know what? I can hear it. Tell me what you think. Okay. To me and my and to my memory, I want this cookie to be just the tiniest bit harder. But I think this is going to give you the idea of okay. what it's what it is. I'm giving myself like an A minus on this one because there's something wrong with my oven. Hmm. I see what you mean. Like you Coffee want it, is not a terrible analogy. Okay. You want it to to really crisp, right? Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of toffee. Maybe. This has just a It's so good. A layer of flavors too. It's much more nuanced than I expected it was going to be. First first comes the chocolate, the sweet chocolate, a little bit of a salty flavor. Mm-hmm. There's and a little then salt. The nuts override the entire thing. But not in a bad way, right? No, no, in a in a fine way. And then uh on the I never bottom of, of the it cookie, as toffee like before, but now that you say that, I'm I'm getting toffee vibes. On the bottom of a cookie a little a little caramel like Yeah, I grease the pan with butter. Oh yeah. So the sugars and everything are going to caramelize at the bottom. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this cookie, Chris. And I brought it, I went over to my girlfriend Paula's house last night, a bunch of us got together, I brought him over, everybody wanted the recipe. Well, our listeners can get the recipe on our Facebook group, Cookie Lab, Cookie Lab Pod Facebook group, and all of our recipes are there, and you just substitute the flour with uh, one-to-one gluten-free flour, and you're good to go. Totally good to go. And... You'll get a delicious, crunchy bar cookie. Well, are you ready to delve into some science? Do you have enough bar cookies with you to withstand some science? 
much like I have no off button for chocolate chip cookies, I have no off button for science. Let's go. So I was surprised that this cookie used no brown sugar, used no eggs, was just held together basically with butter, sugar, and flour. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make something that's crunchy, crispy, that is the right recipe. And okay. it's the right recipe because of science. Using granulated white sugar will result always in a flatter, crispier, lighter colored cookie. And that's what this is. This doesn't have the the rich colors of the that the brown sugar provide for the chocolate chip cookies. Mm, but it's not like a pale shadow. No, 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 it's, no. It's no. got a golden hue. There's some caramel caramelization going on in here. But here is the term of the we love our terms, right? Like emulsifier and Well, I'm always joking around about colloids because colloids. I learned about them in the context of geology in college, but really it's jello. <laughs> we love our emulsions and our emulsifiers and our colloids. And our, what's the reaction? Maillard, the Maillard mm-hmm. reaction. reaction. Well, granulated sugar is hygroscopic. What? Hygroscopic? Hygroscopic. I don't even... I'm not. I'm not even gonna. Or if you'd like hydro? to, hydro, not hydro, not hydro, hygro, h y g r o, scopic. Or if you really want to talk more about this today, we're going to talk about hygroscopy. Oh. <laughs> My doctor just wrote me an order for that test. <laughs> oh, you're having a hygroscopic uh, in- <laughs> investigation. <laughs> Just kidding. That is the phenomena of attracting and holding water molecules. But so why isn't it hydro? What's hydro? What's the what's the Latin? I don't know there? the I don't know the basis of that. You might want to look that up while we go into the science here. But hygroscopic properties are related to solubility. So how Which much is like whether you can dissolve something? Yeah, exactly. In water. So, or any you know, if you solvent. got a cold iced coffee and you put your granulated sugar in there, it's not really going to dissolve that well. No, but in warm coffee, it deser- dissolves It dissolves immediately, yeah. yeah. As opposed to if I put a diamond ring into my coffee. That diamond is never going to dissolve whether the coffee is warm or cold. That's because, as we know, diamonds are carbon, right? Yes. They have all the carbon bonds. Well, sugar also has carbon, just like the diamond. But it also has hydrogen and oxygen. Sugars, Mm -hmm. table sugars, formula C6H12O6 is glucose, Mm -hmm. if we simplify Mm -hmm. it. Obviously, yeah. So there are six carbons in a line, and they are all bonded together, nice strong bonds. And on each carbon, there is a hydrogen bonded on there. And on the other side of the the carbon is an OH group bonded on there. That OH group is called a hydroxyl group in the scientific community. 
we didn't think that it was cool enough to call it an OH group. We call it a hydroxyl group. What? Why is it not a molecule of hydrogen peroxide? No, Jill. Hydrogen peroxide is H two O two. Oh, okay. There you go. There's two of each of them. Okay. Yes. So uh, we're just talking about the hydroxyl group today, and that influences solubility and here's another word for the podcast hygroscopicity i i have found out that hygro is a, a root of meaning moisture oh, okay so maybe not water particularly but moisture well you're just getting fancier and fancier <laughs> i i've practiced hydroscopy hydroscopicity <laughs> that's right in order for something to dissolve we have all of these sugar molecules. If you take one crystal of sugar, you're mm -hmm. looking at a bunch of sugar molecules. Sure. Those sugar molecules are attracted to one another. Okay. In order for something to dissolve, the attraction between those molecules must be weaker yeah. than the, the attraction sense. to the thing to that you're trying to thing. dissolve yeah. it in, which we call a solvent. So. Back to my diamond in coffee. Nothing's going to happen because the bonds between the carbon molecules are so strong and nothing's really attracted to the water. So the diamond will just sit there in the coffee forever. But sugar has the carbon and it has a hydrogen on one side and a hydroxyl group on the other. And the hydroxyl groups are very attracted to water molecules, just like okay. I am very attracted to this cookie. <laughs> I'm just wondering when we're going to get back to the cookie. Both water molecules and the hydroxyl group have polar charges. One side has a negative charge and one side has a positive charge. And just like a battery or a magnet. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you know if you take two magnets and you take the negative side of one and the positive side of the other and you point them towards each other, they'll pull towards each other. But if you put the opposite, they'll repel each other. Exactly. Well, water has a positive charge on the hydrogen and a negative charge on the oxygen, and so does the hydroxyl group. So they just flip around a little bit, and they are very attracted to one another because the oxygen on the hydroxyl group gets attracted to the hydrogen on the And then it the swipes right. It swipes right in the tinder that is your water. Cookie dough? And so it pulls the molecules apart from one another, and we call that dissolving. In your cookie dough, the sugar and its hydroxyl group attracts and absorbs any of the liquid in the dough. Remember, butter is made up of mostly water and butter fats. Milk so, fats. Uh, and the and the butter was softened, you know, quite quite soft because it's so warm out these days. So the water is going like to be the perfect setup for right, the sugar it, easily, and we want that water to evaporate eventually, anyways. But this slows down any chance that the water has to form gluten, because in order to form gluten, or in order for the xanthan gum in the flour that we use to hydrate to to become that mesh that we like yes it needs water but you're saying the sugar is taking all the water if it doesn't have the water then it's just going to crisp up 
it's just gonna get crispier. It won't. It's like the desert. It it's won't like, get I'm dry. Yeah, I'm so exactly. Dry. It won't get chewy. Like and hence like we have this wonderful crunchy cookie. Yep. Through the miracle of science. All because of science. All because. All because the of sugar the... wanted to suck the water out of the butter. Yep. That's it. Thank you. And it's hygroscopic tendencies. The sugar that calls for another a bite of cookie. Bite of cookie. And, you know, and so that is why there are no eggs. Is that right? Because that would be like too much moisture and, and it would get too cakey. No, you want I, it to be you, you want it to be hard, crunchy, and dry, and it is, and it's one it's fantastic in a way we didn't expect. You don't want to form any protein scaffold or gluten scaffold that is going to hold air bubbles as that water evaporates. Mm-hmm. It's being all pulled to the sugar. As you heat it, it's being evaporated. It's not getting caught in the protein scaffold or the gluten scaffold or the xanthan gum scaffold. So you just get a flat, crispy cookie. Crunchy cookie. Crunchy. You know how it's like work to drive your stick shift Jeep in a way that it isn't to drive your non-stick shift cars? Yes. This cookie is like driving a a stick shift car. It is the Jeep Wrangler. It is the standard transmission of chocolate chip cookies, you guys. Yeah, exactly. And not a new one. It's from the and, 1920s. And again, in a good way. Yes. Yeah. In a ple- well, it, and just like the old Jeeps are a pleasure to drive, this yes, cookie it's is fun. a pleasure to eat. And yes. if I could, I would reach through to you and I would take all of your bar cookies. And as Keep I was. Keep your paws off my cookies, but also <laughs> there aren't any left. So. <laughs> You, you probably have more at your house because I think I gave you a dozen. Well, then keep your paws off my cookies because I'm yeah. going to go eat them. And yeah. we will be back fatter and happier next week. <laughs> Is it going to be more chocolate chip cookies? We, I think With we have our one more. final yeah. chocolate chip cookie experiment treat extravaganza. It is, listeners, it is an extravaganza. The homemade chip witch with homemade ice cream homemade chocolate chip cookies and not just any chocolate chip cookies we're going to delve into what is the right type of chocolate chip cookie for a chip witch as as always chris the service provided by this podcast i feel like we should be should be honored with some type of award perhaps from president biden i don't know what do you think i would accept should we be nominated Maybe Gladly. the maybe the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I believe we're worthy. <laughs> we'll see you next week, Jill. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.